Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Hey there, listener. Welcome to the Deep Share Podcast. I'm your host, Andy Rouse. And for the last couple of decades, I've slowly been opening my eyes to a very different world than the one I grew up hearing about. And the more conversations I have with interesting people, the more mystifying this world becomes. So without further ado, let's get deep. There's a science to celebrate famous list now. Come on! There is rebellion in the wind. It will be crushed. Everything I've said is true, it's real. <laughs> um, I can't remember if it was right at towards the end of last year or at the beginning of this year, but I had on uh, Jared Beck, who is the lawyer that sued the DNC for fraud back in 2017. He's the guy where we got that that quote from the DNC's fucking worm lawyer where like we could go in a back room and smoke cigars and pick the candidate if we want to you know (laughs) we do this thing like that's where that's that's the lawsuit that that comes from jared got uh thrown the fuck off of twitter for just raging on kamala harris back in like 2018 or some shit and he goes uh and then i'll shut the fuck up and we can jump into this um but he goes (laughs) This is going to be the year of the secession. You mark my words, he said. We are going to see a legitimate secession movement all across the country starting this year. Uh, and he he was wrong in his estimate that Texas was going to do it and do it in like by like May. But I mean, those conversations are happening all over the place man and and it's you know not from the usual just hedge fund i want to get a corporate capture going on of this entire geographical area it's you know people who are you know individual liberty-minded voluntarist association framed and, and dedicated to living out not just the rest of their days but understanding that they're kids and grandkids and great grandkids are, are going to be allowed to roam free and think critically and, you know, have things like natural immunity and a, a body that belongs to them. Right. Which is the opposite direction where some would be likely to take us if we don't stand the hell up. And I think we are, I don't know. So anyway, everybody, welcome back to the deep share. I have with me a great guest tonight, 
the legend, Mr. Steve Pokenen. How's it going, man? I'm doing good, bro. I'm doing good. Thanks for having me on. I'm, I'm glad to be here. Cool, man. And yeah, just on what we were talking about, I mean, that's that's where my head's at right now. We're like, I need to see a lot of people standing up right now. I think that every everybody needs to see this start to happen more and more. And I don't know, what are you seeing, man? You, I mean, you got your, your finger on the pulse pretty close usually. And like, I'm seeing a lot of positive out there, in my opinion. I'm seeing a lot of good out there. But then, of course, the the negativity, the bullshit creeps in, you know. I, I think that I think that there are more of us than, than there are. Somebody was explaining to me the other day, that there's like 20% of the population dead set against, you know, mandates and forced inoculation, knows their shit, has the information ready to go, not so necessarily in the streets about it, significantly less <clears throat> than that 20% is in the streets, and that's a shame but we're we're kind of coming to a point but then 20% all the way for the the jabby jabs mm. and all the way for forced inoculation don't give a damn about informed consent could care less that the only person with any liability for this product is you the person who receives it not the manufacturer, not the the distributor or administrator of it, not the government that's issuing the, the mandate, just you for taking it. You're the only person who gets liability. They don't care. They just they they think they're broken. They're broken and they think if they do the thing, then it'll the bad thing will go away. Yeah, man. And they don't realize that the bad thing is never going away because they did the thing. So now the people know the people who who are running the show know that they can get them to do the next thing and the next thing and the next thing. And it can be increasingly more severe or they can, you know, throw a bunch at you and then pull back. Right. Maybe let you think you have some freedom and then roll it back out again. Oh, here's another lockdown. Here's another mandate. Here's an. OK, now 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 you have to stay inside your house, triple masked. And the only thing you can breathe, we're going to space balls with this, is government provided air in a can. Yeah. You know, I mean, that, and that's absurd, but is it? Oh, you know, is it? Really? It sounds, it might sound absurd until you start looking into everything that's getting rolled out as like this one perfect system. And I like to always mention to people that, you know, that oneness, that interconnectivity that's natural to us just like everything else they like to mimic. And so that's what they're doing. That's why they're spreading that word unity around. I don't like hearing the government talk about unity. That's creepy to me. You know, they're yeah. supposed to be talking about separation and this is why you should remain apart. But I don't know, man. It's, it's just like, what I'm wondering well, is like, go ahead. I was going to say to that point, and then, and then sorry to cut you up, but to that Don't point, worry. whenever the government says, whenever the state says you, we need to get together on this, they never mean them because there are all kinds of exemptions for the jabby job for federal employees. Cops aren't taking it. I just saw it a day Congress. where, <clears throat> yeah, Congress, 
exempt as fuck. Like they're yeah. not. It's so when when they talk about we, they mean you, peasant, mm. not we. That was one of the things that was always so hilarious about Bernie Sanders' campaign. That not not me, us. Uh, yeah. There was no Bernie in the uh, Bernie got three houses. Bernie takes yeah. more money from the pharmaceutical industry than like anybody right now. Bernie, there was no us. In the, no. And, and, and go ahead. I'm sorry. Nah, he, he was a sham and he's proven to be a sham, you know. So that's unfortunate for because a lot of people I know were really on board with Bernie. You know what I mean? And I just I was always nervous. I was like, yeah, they don't let people hang out. If they're not on to the, the theme, you know, if I don't know. I mean, maybe. <laughs> well, and, no, <clears throat> Chris Hedges in 2015, right after Bernie Sanders announced, Chris Hedges writes an article and says, you guys, <clears throat> he's a sheepdog. Y'all know that, right? <laughs> Here's the deal that he made with the DNC in 1992, where they will never run a primary opponent against him. If he runs as a Democrat and then switches to independent for his cred and then caucuses with the Democrats going forward, that was a deal he made going into the House of Representatives. Uh, I was, you know, from Vermont when he was no longer mayor of uh, uh, Burlington. <clears throat> and <clears throat> that's been the deal ever since. He has always been that dude. And when you try to explain that to people, oh my God, you may has you may have well have been like doing piss Christ live, <laughs> like in the living room uh, of you know some Episcopalian minister's <laughs> home. Like it, it, seriously, it was that bad, and it's because. <clears throat> political ideology and political identity have replaced the the energy that would normally go into a system of faith or a spirituality mm -hmm. for so many people that yeah. just been spiritually captured by political identity and you saw, saw it in bernie sanders saw it in donald trump saw it in a you still see it in aoc although that's the that ship sailing for for mm. a lot of people yeah i think but, people are waking uh, up to uh, her idiocy DeSantis, Rand Paul, you know, uh, Lauren Bober. I mean, it goes on and on and on where people deify a politician, a paid professional liar. Yeah, nothing more, man. Actors, mm. fucking actors, spokespersons, salesmen, yeah. marketing mm. agents, which to me leads right into, you know, dark magic and, and trickery and things like that, misdirection and all these darker themes that some of you know that i like to get into with like revelation of method and stuff like that where they're doing some real underhanded shit and it's mostly about tricking us into out of our power out of our personal sovereignty and it's all as you were saying it's always down to our consent someone asked me recently you know well what do you think the the vaccine is all about if it's not and by the way just real quick i've made statements before that i do not want to talk about any of the current event shit at all but lately i think i just need to get it out of my system at this point so so whatever but um they asked me what i thought the vaccine was all about if i didn't think it was to kill everybody and i thought i said that i think it's the if some of us die it's a 
it's like a happy byproduct for these people. But I think the main goal is just, it comes down to our consent. One level after another, after another, after another. Not that there's not ulterior motives and creepy shit going on with the vaccine itself, but I don't know, to me, it comes down to that spiritual level where psychically we are being conditioned to give away our consent and as we always have been. Do you see that? I, I do. I do. And I agree, but I, I would add to that, mm. um, that it, it is about the human organism becoming dependent on antibodies from these, you know, MRNA gene therapy drugs <clears throat> so that you can't leave the dang house without multiple booster shots because your body's ability to create antibodies on its own, your body's natural immune system will be gone. <clears throat> so this is about having a permanent customer base yeah. for the these manufacturers. And it's about like guaranteed, guaranteed from birth, <clears throat> permanent customer base due to variants and boosters and it as we learn more and more about you know the the probable origins of this thing going back to Fort Detrick and, and who Tony Fauci was working with to fund gain of function research the the fact that we know that they specifically had the Wuhan lab through gain of function produce a bat coronavirus and now we've got people coming forward saying oh yeah as a matter of fact this was released during the the military games in wuhan just ahead of event 201 was like, that there's now a was Go that ahead. the article I just, I think I just saw an article where they were infecting cave bats with that about 18 months before the pandemic hit in you. Well, yeah, yeah. China. But this is that, that, uh, uh, Xi lead the, the, they call her the bat lady. She's right. one of the science was one of the sciences of the Wuhan lab. But I mean, so, uh, I, I had, uh, Dr. Piers Robinson from uh, uh, the working group on propaganda in Syria, working group on propaganda in the global war on terror, um, very, very well respected academic. Can't believe he came onto my show <laughs> twice now and enjoyed it. It's weird. Um, <clears throat> Seen a lot of that. Lately. But um, <laughs> but, uh, uh, you know, very, very well-respected and, and very knowledgeable individual. And in about two minutes, he connected the dots with uh, Western banks, uh, central banks, going on an absolute printing spree starting in about 2019 to the economy of the permanent vaccine to the World Economic Forum and the Fourth Industrial Revolution. And, and it is, I mean, the clips up on my Twitter is absolutely fascinating. Uh, uh, very easy to find at Slow News Day Show, at Piers Robinson 1. Uh, and, and search that up, it'll pop up immediately. 
Um, <clears throat> but I mean, it it is it. Yes, I agree. This is a spiritual and a psychic war. One hundred percent. This is about cessation uh, of individual autonomy in order to give up your bodily autonomy. There's a significant chunk of your soul that you have to give up with that. The, the, your, your, you have to be, I'm not going to say bereft of, but certainly broken of spirit in, in order to do that. And I've said for a very long time now that, that uh, you know, the country definitely doesn't need a revolution. It needs ascension that the world doesn't need revolution, it needs ascension. And, and the, the instead of, you know, going in a complete circle and starting back to where you were, what, how the way to ascend is to heal. And we need a planetary healing to such an extent that we may be three generations removed from healthy people if we started yesterday. Right. But that's something that I'm willing to work toward, man. You don't plant trees so that you can enjoy the shade. You plant trees so that your great grandchildren can enjoy the shade. That's why you do that shit. Yes. You know, so we've got to look at healing like that on, on a, you know, on a global scale. Right. Absolutely, man. I agree. And this topic is perfect because. I've been looking into a lot of different, well, my wife showed me a number of different uh, really, really brilliant uh, lecturers dealing with uh, inner child work and stuff like that. She's working on some stuff and now she's got me interested in it a little bit to heal some things that I probably have repressed and everything and doing the, like listening to these people talk they're talking about every one of us pretty much man all of us are wounded it's like on a collective level too maybe it's just you know generation after generation of bombardment with these kinds of adversaries constantly in our lives or something but it it really is like you know instead of saying the inner child we could say ego I like that term because I'm really into the Eastern mysticism and stuff. I mean, the, the collective ego is running this place. You know what I mean? Well, and, and to that point, to take your Eastern mysticism and blend some Western ego study to it, it if Jung were here, he would say that it's the shadow that's running everything. Absolutely. And, and, the, and the people that I know, that have been focused on doing shadow work, uh, on meeting their shadow, getting to know it, not being afraid of it, and, and learning how to not let it run the, the show. They're doing okay. They're doing okay. Like, they've been through some dark shit. You know, but but because they had been dedicated to doing the work and, and they knew that there was a significant reward through the personal growth that the work provided, they stuck with it and, and are in a much better headspace to deal with, I mean, let's be honest, technocratic fascism. <laughs> than the vast majority of people are. And when I was talking about those opposite end 
uh, of people, people that really get it, people that really don't and are very, 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 very adamant about pushing it, that 60% in the middle, they're coming our way. They're, they're starting to put at least parts of this together. Hey, wait a minute. Wait a minute. No, two weeks to flatten the curve. It's been 18 months. I'm still wearing the fucking mask. I took the shot. I felt like shit. I took the next shot. I felt worse. Now they're telling me I got to take the booster. Now they're telling me the booster I just took isn't good in another couple of weeks. I got to take another boost. I'm still wearing the mask. I can't go to 90% of my favorite places anymore that closed down. Now I got to go to a bunch of these fucking chain bullshit places. Suck. (laughs) Everybody's pissed off there. Everybody's still wear a mask. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Well, except for once I walk inside, the coronavirus only exists if I am upright and walking or in California between bites of food or sips of, uh, of what. But after that, other than that, the coronavirus, you know. I mean, this is insane, and it is supposed to be. This is a that you have to break people psychologically in order to get them to give up all of their rights and all of their liberty. You have to make people so confused and so afraid that they're going to run to the nearest explanation and authority and promise that it'll go away if they just do the thing. Right. And that's, that's that inner child. That's that, that untrained, uncontrolled shadow, you know, it's going to the safe place. It's doing the routine. It's doing what it's used to doing that keeps it safe, you know, instead of jumping in. So here's a way to think about it that I haven't, but it's like forcing people to revert to where they had no impulse control. Do you yeah. know what I mean? Yes. That's, like, real, that's I, perfect. I mean, I don't know. I'll have to think on that for a minute, but the way that you just described it, it I, because I've got kids, I've been through all that you. shit, you know, <laughs> and I know what, what a toddler with no impulse control looks like. And they're dangling crispy creams and cash or a shot of booze you know or like in front of people for this thing and and it's it's working on a level but it's you know but again there's also the last five years have been this period of acceleration and the risk in in accelerating and making sure that agenda 21 happens and during 2021 so that agenda 2030 can happen during 2030 is that you in order to get there and like skip steps you got to let a lot of people see what you're up to and a lot of people have seen what they're up to brother and they've tried so hard to politicize it so that we don't all talk or hang out and fucking we're we've been over that shit we've been over that shit for a couple of years we've been talking to everybody we've been going around to as many disparate communities with you know similar goals and and those goals being more freedom more liberty no centralized state no centralized currency free association and and mutually assured aggression 
should you impose violence uh, on our otherwise peaceful space? Absolutely. Uh, man, like I, I don't, it's the only time I've ever felt like an American when somebody talks like that, <laughs> because like, I've always been so rebellious against, I'm 36 when 9-11 happened and all that shit was going on. I was, if I had to associate one way or the other, I was a liberal, right? I wasn't voting though. I didn't fall for any of that ever, but I was still you know, leaning more towards the liberal side of things. You know what I mean? And mm -hmm. well, I'd be George Bush. Yeah. I mean, kid, but you know, like if you're okay, I'm going to, I, and I'm correct me if I'm wrong here and I hasten sure. to judge anyone, but I'm <laughs> going right. to guess that when nine 11 happened, you were along the lines of either pot smoking metalhead or pot smoking <laughs> hippie kid. <laughs> a little bit of both always a little bit of both <laughs> yep. yeah listen to Bob so fuck Marley George and Bush Slater. and I agree and still to this day fuck George Bush but it was immediately fuck Obama too when my friends were like are you gonna come to the inauguration with us like you're taking a road trip to DC I don't want to go anywhere near, near DC anyway no no thank you you know I didn't have any myself invested really in it but right off the bat seeing change 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 I just started to think of one of my favorite movies growing up consume obey you know they live yeah it just it was yeah. immediately clear that the sides had switched or at least that's what I thought at the time like oh the snake slithered to the other side of the aisle but became very clear that oh okay this is just all one big funny system working together and lord knows how long they've been doing it to to your point about more more darker energies at play and, and dark magic i mean the obama campaign was so riddled with occult symbolism it was ridiculous um i and, Dude, and, yeah the, the 2012 just, olympics oh my god <laughs> did you you know what i'm also, talking about i know exactly what you're talking about yeah, yeah no it's like the like literally calling the like opening a portal and begging for the fucking pandemic like, return <laughs> yeah there was like uh, hospital there, beds and nurses and a big puppeteer. Yeah, yeah. Just, oh God. Yeah. Go ahead. Sorry, man. And I think that was one of the first uh, swine flu epidemics the following year. I think it was Probably. swine flu. I can't remember a hundred percent, but that oh, it was 2014. Right, was swine, swine right flu, around that 2014. time. But, uh, but I mean the same exact people that tried to scare everyone shitless back then and didn't really succeed are all part of you know event 201 or all part of health and human services under trump or and or biden and a lot of those people had a lot to do with september 11th off guardian has this great series of interviews i don't know if you're familiar with off guardian I'm, or not i'm familiar with the name it, I've probably a phenomenal seen outlet out of the the uk that one of the very very sane voice like rare sane voices from that side of the pond that has been on top of all of the the covid madness from day one and, and just really does incredible uh um i don't know uh 
they describe, I mean, Mike Pompeo called WikiLeaks and Julian Assange a hostile non-state actor. And, and I think that Off Guardian is uh, uh, aspiring to, you know, at least produce journalism that would make Mike Pompeo want to refer to them uh, as a hostile non-state actor. <laughs> uh and, and uh and, yeah no props to the but uh i don't even remember why i started talking about these guys anymore oh they've got a series of interviews out that and it's called uh covid 19 and the graphic for it is just absolutely perfect and they are connecting the dots between you know in many cases the same actors from that original project for a new american century group mm -hmm and uh september 11th and all of that whole cottage industry of uh, uh uh surveillance you know surveillance capitalism essentially mm -hmm. uh but a surveillance-based economy and now a cyber security based economy and uh one that is now incorporated essentially the classification of 85% of American citizens as domestic terrorists, which is just freaking <laughs> wild, bro. Yeah. Wild. We're all domestic terrorists now. It's great. So interesting. Oh man. But you know, I, I still say we're going to win in the end. I mean, the more I was just telling my wife that like the more obvious things become and the more these stories come out, it just makes me smile. It just, it just makes me, it makes me feel a little bit like I can, I could turn, turn away for a while and it's going to be okay. You know what I mean? Because I think a lot of people are going through, especially in our community, man. I mean, we're all talking about the most devastating negative shit most of the time. You know what I mean? And it's, it's difficult to deal with sometimes for, for a lot of us, you know, for me, I, I'm definitely feeling it, you know? So Let's try to stick to solutions. And I think we're, we're getting to a lot of them, you know? Um, but yeah, you made a big move recently. You got like away from most of society, right, man? I, I did. I did. Uh, I can't, I was uh, spent the last like 15 years in the Santa Cruz mountains in uh, California, which isn't any kind of a thriving metropolis in and of itself. Mm -hmm. uh it you know it's it's in the the redwood forest about an hour and 45 minutes south of san francisco right on the other side of san jose um and starting about 2006 the area began to get invaded by uh by silicon valley well flatlanders who came to the mountains and were like it's dirty you, it's nature you know, <laughs> yeah they 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 brought all of their npr liberal crap with them and all of their nimby crap with them and and uh, it just it is really not at all the same place uh the the i started visiting in the early 90s when my brother had moved there um to the point to where like they, I, I got divorced last year, but I mean, my, you know, my ex-wife moved out too because it had just gotten too crazy and it's not survivable. Uh, you, there's, you just, you're already doing what Klaus Schwab wants where, you know, you basically own nothing and you rent, right. you know, it's just, there's no way to get ahead there. Um, 
And uh, I mean, to the point to where my ex and I combined were making like just under $80 an hour. And we were you know, three kids barely making ends meet. It's ridiculous. Because the cost know? of living was ridiculous. And we're not, not overindulgent people by any stretch of the imagination, right. you know. But um, my, uh, my good friend, uh, Ben Balderson, um, who has a fantastic show called Odin's Alchemy, just got him onto the Rockfin um, last week week before yeah. something like that yeah uh ha, has a farm up in humboldt county um not that kind kids uh those are the neighbors um, <laughs> but i mean like legit farm you know and animals and shit running around good stuff and uh and, and needed a builder which i am so uh, i'm up here and uh we really we're looking to organize or at least try and find uh some that's already happening um freedom cell type communities up here uh we're looking to network with as many people as possible because counter economics while we're talking about solutions mm -hmm. and, and parallel societies while we're talking about solutions uh, are ways that we can wage economic war against the predator class without, you know, running out with a gun, providing every reason in the world. And this is something that's already taken place. There's a couple of times where parallel societies have been implemented in order to break totalitarian regimes. The, the most famous one, one I usually focus on, uh, is Czechoslovakia in 1989, the Velvet Revolution. Mm -hmm. uh, Václav Havel wrote, a, uh, wrote an essay in 78 called Power of the Powerless, uh, where he describes what a parallel society uh, you know, would look like, would, and how it could break totalitarian regimes. Czechoslovakia in 89, the totalitarian regime would have been the Soviet Union, but I mean, you can apply it across the board. Uh, I've always said that you know, authoritarianism is authoritarianism, no matter what shape the hat is. Yeah, you definitely know, doesn't, you know, and so when everybody flies off the handle, but this is communist, this is socialist, this is fascist. It's all totalitarianism. Yeah. It is all a public private partnership between the state and corporate entities it is all loss of your rights loss of your autonomy loss of your freedom loss uh, of your like everything it is now belong to the state and, and so when people try to you know label i get a little bit fucking suspect of that i yeah, i do i don't know well, yeah, it feels like they're keeping the red versus blue game going no matter what the topic is. You know what I mean? There's I, I love the UFO community. I've been a, a weirdo for my whole life and I love love all that stuff. But I'm totally suspect of all that shit, especially when the government's trying to sell us on it. Right. So like, you know, even oh, in well, the yeah. UFO community, man, there's so much polarizing shit going on and most of it's clearly orchestrated by by you know bad actors and black hats and shit it's ridiculous man they're even trying to put like racism into uh into to aliens and ufos 
you know, one of them starting to say like, oh, well, see, if you look at all the descriptions of aliens over the past century, there's all so much racism in there. It's like, oh boy, here we go. All right, I see what side of the fence this guy's on right now, you know? We are we are racist as hail against <laughs> little green men yeah. with giant heads and web fingers. Uh, it is it is greenism, it is speciesism. <laughs> we ought to go to AOC's re-education camp right now and, and get our heads right. Room 101 awaits thee. <sighs> Uh, it's a cartoon. It's a, car- it's, it's a cartoon. It's a fucking cartoon. Oh man! And you know, it's like you take psychedelics and you really see how much of a cartoon it all is. <laughs> how those Matrix bars been treating you? You know, I I I gotta say, man, I was super weird, uh, like really weirded out about getting a sponsor for the show anyway. Mm-hmm. We kind of felt a little dirty about it. Um, You're one of them. At least, yeah, well, yeah, yeah. But <laughs> at least this way, thing, <laughs> at least this way, like I'm getting paid in Matrix bars. They send yeah. me a few like every other week kind of thing, you know. So it's rad, dude. It is. You're getting some but, medicine like, for honest- free. That's good. <laughs> like, honestly, they're good. They work they're stronger than you think they would be um i i asked and uh the the predominant strain in all of the bars they're going with like high test penis envy and then there's some golden teachers some other yeah another i can't ever remember the other but like you know like probably about b grade to b plus grade that gets thrown in with it as filler but i mean they're they'll get you there man and and i uh so i i told him like flat out like i'm weird about this i don't know dude uh it if you let me test drive one i'll make a decision and yeah but either way you know uh happy to like you know retweet you guys and 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 help you help you out that way and so they sent well, like a half dozen, yeah, six. like right off the bat and trip glasses and a bunch <laughs> of these like plastic business cards with their QR code on the back. And, and I left a couple in Colorado. I left a couple of fucking uh, 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 San Francisco International Airport. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> And it's just like more cartoon Morpheus on one side and the QR code on the other. Oh, thank you. Um, these guys, which are like actual trip glasses, they're not 3D glasses. They've got like fractal or sacred geo. Yeah, kaleidoscope pattern like in it. They're wild. The <laughs> hard plastic ones go for like 25 bucks on eBay. These are cardboard, Damn. but still, I mean, they're just for, yeah, dude. Uh, <laughs> just to uh, increase the hallucination exactly and, and i'm sorry i don't want to turn this into a commercial or anything like that oh no, that's like, fine I mean, i'm glad no, to dude, mention them i think they're doing a great thing so let's put them out there right as far and wide as they're, we can they're legit <laughs> yeah no they're legit they are i i'm i'm like i can honestly say like it's something that i would you know that i do take 
that I do enjoy and that I would encourage other people to do it. So if they want to send me some free shit for telling people some stuff that I would tell them anyway, word. Hell yeah, man. (laughs) Yeah. I'm thinking about digging into that. I haven't taken a psychedelic in like six years, but I used to take a lot of psychedelics. So it's like, there's a part of me that feels like my mission wasn't over (laughs) as crazy as that sounds. And um, yeah, so it's like, I don't know how comfortable I'm going to be, but maybe that's some inner shit that I need to work on right beforehand. So I will, I will tell you um, because I was very nervous for about the first two and a half years after I quit drinking Mm -hmm. about like, because, oh man, I enjoyed uh uh no longer shrooming and immediately being drunk like that was like a so i the you know i would drink my way through a mushroom trip but like really hit it the last like i was i was a, a professional drunk there for a while um I can and, relate, and so when uh you know, whenever it was offered to me, I'm like, man, no, you know, I don't feel like throwing up tonight anyway, <laughs> you know, and and, w- and when I finally was like, you're being a bitch. You're being you already did the thing. You already quit. You, there's no no interest in it anymore. You know, it's like it already stopped being fun. Mm-hmm. that already happened you've you already came to that conclusion so what what are you you know just stop bitching out <laughs> and and so uh i ate like just under a quarter and um i was in like some pretty big woods with some really big trees and uh and i was around a bunch of other drunks like it was in a fucking camp out it was a party you know, damn. And, and I'm like, well, if it's going to happen, it's going to happen. We're going <laughs> to fucking find out. And like, dude, I had a blast. I was fucking, you know, like roasting drunks and telling fucking, you know, stories from when my brother and I made moonshine and got Hank three lit and shit like that. And fucking like we had some wild fucking times, bro. And, and I mean, it was just, you know, it was fun. And like there was a DMT pen that was floating around, which is weak as shit. And, and I would not recommend like trying to go and, and talk yeah, to what? the machine elves with it. A DMT um, pen? I've never heard of yeah. such a thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah sorry uh, to cut you off. Yeah. No, 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 no. You're fine. Um, and so yeah, I mean it was just it was a wonderful experience. I have a high as fuck dude and just as bill hicks would put it took a squeegee to my third eye and i had found that overall i you know there was a lot of work that i needed to do but there was a lot of work that i had already done and there was still a lot that i needed to learn but maybe you so, saw it from a better perspective than you would have years earlier. Yeah. Well, there's no way I could do the show drunk. <laughs> I tried being a drunk writer 
And that just got me fired a lot of places. <laughs> That's amazing. Yeah. I used to tell myself that the only time I could write was when I drank. <laughs> yes. Yeah. I think about the, the stories the, when I'm the, stoned and then, you know, do the act when I was drinking. I literally felt like Kerouac, you know. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. The so three steps ego, to becoming so a writer ego. are drink, hate yourself, repeat. <laughs> yeah man i mean there's so many good examples stephen king had to like throw the last beer can and it had to like topple off the rest out of the out of the trash can onto the floor before he realized he had filled the whole damn thing you know and realized oh fuck i just wrote cujo or i just wrote the shining about myself you know <laughs> and shit what a horrifying novel that became when i read it you know, as someone realizing I had a problem and needed to needed to kick that shit. And that book became more of a horror story than it was before. But I've been I'm feeling great, too. I've, it's been a couple of years. And yeah, I feel awesome. I did have one interesting run in, though, where I had a really weak moment. So when I said I haven't done psychedelics in like six years, I tried to like about a year mm -hmm. ago. I have I had have dmt and i did not have the balls or the guts to do it i kept pussying out i'm like i can't do it i, I just oh, i don't want to go back there i don't want to face whatever i don't know unnameable things and uh so when i did it i told myself well just have a little bit to drink that'll just it's okay the, the inner child the ego took right over and took the opportunity and was just like yeah yeah just do that. Yeah. So anyway, long story short, uh, you know, D as DMT can be extremely intense. I did it right afterwards. And what I experienced was the weirdest psychedelic experience ever, where I felt as though I was being held to the ground and having my nose literally rubbed in shit. And it lasted for like two and a half minutes and that's it the demon got off my back and I was back and it was such a huge like slap to the ego, man. It was so vivid and just wild, man. So I don't know. It's like pretty interesting how these things can take you to different places. Well, and, and that's pretty self-explanatory, you know, did it was literally even on your back i mean yeah. you, it was so obvious yeah. man right off the bat i mean it's just so literal such a helping hand in in a way you know like to show me what what i was doing wrong right off the bat it is because you can you can theorize and you can rationalize and justify and all that shit but when you have to go through what you're actually doing to yourself which you is something that, that dmt does uh i would say uh, as good or better than anything else that i have ever experienced is show you not just 
you know, potentialities, but helps you understand what you do to you and what you do to you does to other people. Mm. Uh, as a teacher, I think that very few things are as powerful as that because in most cases, the ego isn't ready to, to learn that in real time, in real life, especially in a hostile situation. Mm. But Sometimes if you're open, wake up call. Yeah. Yeah. And if you're open to the experience in the first place and that's what you're being shown, well, of course, it's going to rattle your fucking cage. But brother, it's supposed to, you know, like hopefully that's uh, a beautiful and positive thing, even though in the moment it may be terrifying. <laughs> I think it's all a learning lesson. You know, some of the, my worst trips were probably my best trips in retrospect. You know what I mean? So, I mean, that's, that's a good way to do it, put it. And uh, I'm thinking about maybe getting back into it by like micro dosing. Are you experienced with micro dosing? Cause I've heard a lot of good I, stuff about it. I, I am. And it's important to make the distinction that micro dosing isn't tripping. Right. It's not. And in no way, shape or form, are you getting high? Um, what, it's like CBD what you're for doing, weed. what you're doing <laughs> is introducing a very small amount of psilocybin into your body, um, uh, uh, like each day. And some people say immediately, some people say within three days, some people say within two weeks, depending on how they're doing it, what their protocol is. But um, there have been a number of significant studies that have shown that very small doses, like, like three quarters of uh, like, like down to like the 10th of a gram, you know, mm -hmm. um, really small dose. Yeah, very small doses um, over, you know, if you go, some people will do like two days on a day off like that for a couple of weeks and then take a couple of weeks off. Some people will do it every day for two or three weeks and then take two or three weeks off. Um, but the, the important thing is, is that, you know, you're not just every day because it'll lose what it's supposed to do so you definitely want to take breaks in it and actually i'm gonna have uh rich airy on friday on the show who's a psychedelic coach he's got uh, a protocol that he recommends very heavily he's gonna come on and talk about it um because i'm doing a morning show now monday yeah. through friday for about yeah. 90 minutes and every Friday, I'm going to dedicate it to the proliferation of accurate and beneficial information about psychedelics. Oh, I love it, man. Uh, so uh, Rich is going to come on and we're going to talk about that. But um, from personal experience, and, and this correlates with every single study that I've read, um, the amount uh, of anxiety, depression, or, or trauma-related stress that uh, an individual has is alleviated significantly and relatively quickly into the protocol. Um, and again, different for the individual. Uh, some people say immediately. And I've noticed 
that when people say they've had immediate or near immediate results from microdosing, it's a general overall alleviation of of tension or stress um it's a good day it's a good day (laughs) it's like the background noise goes down a little bit yeah like the volume everything's a little bit more in focus colors are a little bit brighter i noticed because i'm a carpenter that like my eyes aren't fantastic um that i my ability to see and make accurate cuts and all that increased to a point to where like my boss was like oh you should keep doing that in (laughs) fact you're a little bit less of an asshole lately you should definitely keep doing that that's Uh, awesome (laughs) well that's what mckenna said too he was always talking about the visual acuity at low doses and how you could easily see how the more initiated tribes that were taking these small doses of psychedelics for hunting purposes were more pro you know more prolific than other tribes it was almost like the in crowd of doing like psychedelics that way well and they've made it that and that's where it you know i pushed back on on it uh in terms of the way the culture is going because everybody sees money now you know, and psilocybin is, is That's getting what criminalized or legalized in a number of places. And already all the kids want to know what strain it is. What strain is strain? It's strain is strain. It's got to be this strain. If it's not this strain, mm. and, you know, and, and so it's already been so hyper commercialized in terms of gray market or black market that when it goes full fucking like corporate, oh, dude. And behind it are these Silicon Valley demons who on their employees own dime are encouraging them to microdose because they get more productivity out of them. Right. They'll use the good thing. And (laughs) so, yeah, yeah. Here's how we can take a beneficial healing teaching substance and commercialize it and squeeze all the soul out of it. And, and so, you know, we've got to be able to push back successfully against that while allowing people to make a living by being producers, you right, know, right. because there, you should be able to make a living doing production on this. You should, especially if you're fucking making delicious, delicious chocolate with it, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah dude, happiness rent with that already. It's happiness squared, man. And, you know, that's it also does something to a number of people that don't trust the government, don't trust big pharma. Uh, but it leads even back to the 60s when MK Ultra was going on in the 50s and everything, where a lot of people take psychedelics and they just wrap it up in that CIA operative thing and they push it over here and go, it's evil. Yeah, psychedelics are there to confuse us. And it's really sad because those are a lot of times are the people that we're on, on the same fighting lines with on a lot of these other topics, you know, it's, it's unfortunate, you know, and I don't know. Well, hopefully it's changing with more of podcasts, like, like all of ours that talk about these things and kind of synergize the different topics together, perhaps. I, I'm going to say, the, okay, so there, there were a lot of people that kind of felt the same way about cannabis. 
you know, and and as cannabis became medicinally and then recreationally legal, those attitudes changed. Mm-hmm. And I, I honestly don't know if if in this timeline we've got uh, the the years it's going to take as a, a, you know, quasi or passing as but not really free society before the, the hammer comes down fully. Although I do see, uh, um, you know, the the legalization of drugs is one of those pacifiers that the state can put out and be like, don't rebel. Or yeah. we'll lock you all up again. <laughs> yeah, look, have this, play with this toy. But Shut in terms mouth. of the people who are dead set against it because of the, the the LSD's history, okay, be skeptical of that. That's fine. I I have no no issue with your skepticism. I enjoy LSD, but I am also kind of a scumbag. so like i mean like i think if you're like already like dirty even when clean like that's just it's it's what you're gonna get you know it's not even sorry and and so i feel like dude i spent a lot of time uh uh on widespread panic tour and those days were whiskey cocaine and lsd and very rarely any were independent of each other and most of the time it was all three right like that's just i mean bro they were rough days you know (laughs) but um fond memories that's just dude (laughs) so i mean you're speaking uh, my past too it's yeah it's fond memories in a way we were we were in Colorado and I'm going to remember the name of the ski town at some point. Um, and it's not Kirkwood cause that's the, it's Tahoe. Um, but at any rate, it was widespread panic and 30 dozen brass band and Keller Williams, tiny universe awesome. and some other fucking, some other band opening. And we had the whole like, every there were four units to these buildings and we had the whole building and each room or each unit had a you know enclosed hot tub that had a sliding glass door that would go outside too if you wanted and i it was ridiculous And it was uh, uh, weekends, you know, weekends worth the shows, two days. We were at the place for like five days, dude. They threatened to kick us out at least three times. We had cops there a couple of times. It was it was just uh, enjoyable, enjoyable. That's, that's so wild. But, but also like but i mean that's like you know but also there's people that have only taken mushrooms that have only had natural products in their body or as much as humanly possible to that do you know reject chemicals outright and i'm not going to to argue with any of them about you know not wanting to put lsd in the way and it does have a very shady history yeah and, absolutely. And, but i do think that there are like i i know for a fact that there are chemists and people who are laying LSD crystal into liquid or on the gels or in the paper, you know, 
uh, who are putting nothing but light into the process who like draw down sacred geometry with the crystal before they even go into the breakdown process and are doing everything they can to imbue this with the kind of of positivity that one would want out of a psychedelic experience so it does you know it cuts both ways but as with anything else know who you're getting your shit from and whether or not they should be trusted, which brings us back to the mRNA gene therapy, which is a product that is created by known mass murderers and fraudsters. Yeah. So, I mean, I, biggest lawsuit I in thought, history. I thought I was at the point in my life, 43, a little bit older than you. Um, I, I thought that I was at the point in my life where I did not have to have the conversation with my adult friends about, hey, man, I aren't we over putting dangerous drugs in our body that we don't know anything about from people we don't trust? The, the only people who have any price to pay is us, isn't that? Or aren't, <laughs> we're not we're not past that? Fuck. Like, yeah, it's ooh. hard, man. People are losing friends. <laughs> you know, a lot of people are on the outs with each other. I'm hearing it left and right. And it's, it's so unfortunate, but I think it's just a, it change is difficult and, and growth is, is painful. And we're in what, whichever way you cut it, we're in some sort of growth period. And I, I think we're, I think we're going to come out the other side better than we are. We were before, if we all come together, I think it's happening. I agree. And, and I want to impart to the people who listen to this, that enduring, meaningful change never comes from a place of comfort right that that's not gonna happen you're not just gonna kick back and all of the sudden you know the the technocratic panopticon will be gone right that's not going to happen Gotta do the work. there's no no government coming to save you no politician coming to save you you know, the, you may be in a very supportive community, but ultimately you have to be the support for that community as well. So nobody is going to save you, but you. And there's this whole kind of, um, I don't know, I, I get it's part of what I'm starting to build presentations on and there's a book in it. Um, uh, about uh, removing the the ism from anarchism, recognizing it as a relationship. That relationship yeah. is you do not speak for me, and all other uh, all other interactions flow from that point. Yeah, the and, original and, meaning of that. No, oh, go ahead. No, 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 no. What, what were you gonna say? Oh, just that the original mm -hmm. meaning for that symbol with the circle with the A in it. It isn't the edge lord one is you know with the the a you know coming out left and right it's it's an a that's enclosed in a circle and i guess it stands for order without leaders and as soon as i saw that i'm like oh cool i guess i'm a teenage anarchist again because that sounds great well it, yeah i mean it's not it's not no rules it's just no no rulers, rulers. yeah yeah it's yeah. order without yeah. rulers yeah and, exactly and, and look i mean 
it we're we're in an anarchist relationship right now yeah feels good uh uh and you know we're you, you don't have authority over me i don't have authority over you at no point are we going to use violence to exert our influence over one another and and if for any reason you know uh, insanity we would neither of us would be calling the police we wouldn't be bringing you know the the arbiters of the state's monopoly on violence to come to either of our quote-unquote aid it's not gonna happen so uh yeah i mean these things can take place in, in all of our associations they they can in almost every case where there's conflict it's because uh of an arbitrary or theft-based rule or law that the state has applied into the situation right and we can work things out uh, on our own not because we're all in it together but because it's in our own self-interest violence is expensive yeah violence is immensely expensive and that's why we have a military industrial complex because they profit from that right but there's also profit and peace so what i my whole point to this and then i'm, I'm sorry no um, it, is that i had somebody ask me to like bring together um like anarcho-communists and anarcho-capitalists like how can you do that how can you do that and, and it's well everybody agrees that taxation is theft and even if you think that there should be a centralized state and those taxes should go to you know be used to to take care of your community you can at least agree that we are being robbed from every time there's a transaction because that tax money is not going to anything that that ANCOM supports. It's all going to blow the shit out of brown people in another country. It's all going to bail out Wall Street or bail yeah. out a bank or bail out, you know, some other titan of industry that that ANCOM is hardwired to hate in the first place. Right. So it, you can engage in a conversation about an economic style or at least counter economics as a philosophy where we remove our fiat if that's how we want to exchange currency we possibly recognize a a cryptocurrency as currency we make for damn sure it's one of the couple actually private cryptocurrencies and right. not surveillance coins like bitcoin um or ethereum or uh, uh monero mm -hmm. um also a surveillance coin uh not private not as private as they they purport at any rate um but we can do these things and people on the the quote-unquote left and people on the quote-unquote right can at least agree that uh that most of the problems with capitalism aren't because the ism itself denotes exploitation. It's because the ism itself is uh, enacted by a centralized power structure 
centralized power structures are always always and only going to be corrupt and reward corruption in sociopathy and, and there's a way to approach a something measuring an equal exchange of energy mm. yeah. that, that we can achieve that we can call economics uh without necessarily saying this is capitalism or this is socialism or something like that we may have an entirely different word for it but what we're working towards is that voluntary association and that something equal you know approaching an equal exchange yeah absolutely voluntarism is the closest ism i've come to calling myself in a long time i think you know and i mean i think for us to live like this just going back to the beginning i think we all got to do this shadow work as a as a whole world kind of you know if we want to live without this the the fake dependency of these horrible parasites it's time to do the work and go through the uncomfortable feelings and deal with it all maybe the world does need a giant dosing but half of us I, go crazy so, right so uh during that period when they hadn't you remember that period of chaos where they hadn't announced Joe Biden as the president yet. And they didn't know right. what the votes were. And there was a, so uh, my, my co-host on slow news day, uh, glory Jones had proclaimed me interim president. Your, your interim president. I said, okay, well, fantastic. Uh, as interim president, I am going to uh, first order a business mandatory DMT. <laughs> what we're doing we're doing mandatory dmt everyone is going to go meet the clockwork elves that's what you're going to do and the elves are are going to sort you out um and then uh after the machine elves once we get past the machine elves um we go to the release of all political prisoners the united states has is the legalization of drugs and then the immediate and peaceful dissolving of the federal government. Oh, uh, that was that was my platform uh, as interim president. Uh, I did. I appointed uh, I appointed my boss at the MCSC network, Nico House, uh, to be the director of the CIA under the the sole condition that he immediately disband and abolish the CIA and start a three day to maybe two week department of minding your own goddamn business. <laughs> uh, I had co-vice presidents, uh, by my, uh, uh, Kendra Christian, who was co-hosting with me on the free Assange vigil series for a while. Mm -hmm. And, uh, John McAfee's pirate yacht were my co-vice presidents. Um, uh, and I, because I felt like, you know, if it really came down to it, we could, you know, run the country from international waters. Hey, if you have to. <laughs> John McAfee gave me one of his last interviews as a free man. Yeah, man. He, he was on the boat. He was in international waters. If you listen to that interview in a certain way, you could almost say that he was like calling his shot. Mm. And, and saying that he was going to not kill himself in a, a, uh, a Spanish jail. Right. Um, very interesting. Very interesting guy. Yeah, John man. McAfee. That dude was wild. 
is wild. I would like to think that he's pirate kinging it up on another pirate king yacht and another different, you know, could part be, of the ocean man. I would. I just know he, Janice. Sorry, he, real quick. Janice yeah. is putting out that, like, the, the you know, McAfee didn't kill himself. Stuff like every time yeah. she talks about it. Well, I'm I mean, dead. come on. She was. This happens. It's they're they're treating us as children, right? I mean, that's why it's a fucking cartoon because they are so confident now that they can literally talk to their toddlers. Now we're all toddlers, so they can just repeat the same shit all the time, and people they think that no one's noticing, and I think that sixty percent there's a lot of quiet, patient people. You know, and we're not quiet. We're not in that. But at the same time, we're passively waiting for a moment to just, I don't know. It's weird not to go off in a random direction, but it is, it's unfortunate that it, the revolution is happening as as gradually as Andromeda is crossing into our galaxy. It's so gradual. I mean, not to us, but to every, for a lot of people, it's very gradual. So they're stuck and they're like, can, can, should I, should I quit? Should I head for the Hills? No, not yet. All right. Uh, is other, are other people doing it? Should I be doing something? When is too late? And it's, it's just panic and panic and panic. And they get it. I'm guilty of it too. You know, it's a vicious cycle that this thing is causing, you know? So I would, I would say that, um, I it not necessarily run for the hills <laughs> un, unless you want to, but but, but what I would say it, what I would say is, is even if you're in you know like a, a decent sized community or whatever, um, is you have the opportunity. I look at the collapse society as a purely positive thing. That's what I'm I saying. Do. I'm trying to too. You know, and it's the ascension. And I, I, yes. And I, and look, anytime somebody muddies that with like, it's the great awakening, I want to fucking stomp a mud hole in the ass, but that's yeah. an entirely different subject because we're talking about good things right now. Yes. And, and I look at this as an opportunity for us to really prove that free association nonviolent principles and the the recognized relationship that you don't speak for me and I don't speak for you and all other interactions stem from that recognition we can prove beyond a shadow of a doubt that this is how people want to live that this is how people are supposed to live that we're not supposed to necessarily be crammed in on top of each other with a, a centralized authority telling everyone exactly how many pieces of toilet paper they can use to wipe their ass every day. Right. You know, and I'm not saying like disband cities or anything like I in Paris right after the revolution there was something that that was probably as close to uh, an attempt at a, an anarchist society uh, as the French have really ever got. And they called it um, like the the Paris Commune. And what they what they said, the the people, the, the members, you know, the people who put it together 
was that this was libertarian socialism Hmm. because in its original inception, the ideas surrounding anarchy were referred to as libertarian. And the realization of like that's that stateless society was referred to as achieving libertarian socialism um this is 1780s 90s you know and and it hadn't been socialism hadn't been fully like polluted with marx yet Mm -hmm. it was just a you know it was a more much much more nebulous concept um but in its origin that's where the anarchists started and and there is a pretty broad and fascinating history within the anarchist movement most of it unfortunately violent but once you get into the the 60s and 70s and the more like capitalist thinking and voluntarist thinking uh, agorist thinking behind anarchy you start to see more and more and more of the nonviolent principles making their way in mm. more and more and more uh this is about you know the the sanctity of the individual the the sanctity of a you know free association and less about you know to each according to his need kind of thing um but because it takes it that self-healing i was talking about you know or that collect like that's a collective thing that's that's a form of collectivism i can support is collective healing you know the if um if that can occur we can encourage that we can work with each other to do that that's essentially all it takes to recognize that relationship you don't speak for me i don't speak for you that's okay that's okay right. my feelings aren't going to get hurt that way i'm you know i'm, I'm doing okay yeah Damn. i don't I don't need you to speak for me and i don't need that speaking for you isn't going to complete me it's not and i think that that's where a lot of people get sucked in is they they feel like they're actually speaking for other people when they go out and say things like you know defund the police without understanding what it means Mm. or uh uh you know let's go storm the capital without understanding what that means let's erase history because we don't understand any of it Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah 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 and and look i mean it's in terms of there's a couple of different ways to look at that again on one hand it's it's kind of a you know false representation of history but if that's the case then put up a statue next to it mm-hmm. fair you enough. know put up a statue next to it and tell a more complete story but you know like actually encourage people to learn about what happened don't just go oh and then you know here's the the rockefeller approved <laughs> version of what happened yeah 
Yeah. And, and we swear that's all that happened. Don't ask questions. Well, it looks like we've been kind of popularizing this DIY movement in popular culture everywhere for like a decade now. And it almost seems like we've been trying to prepare for something. And, and now the more independent we get, the less we can depend on, on this system, this middleman between us and our own personal growth. And I think just the more awareness we spread about it, the more ears it catches, the more eyes it catches and the more good ideas spread and people start to become more inclined to embrace their freedom and embrace an idea that they could take their life into their own hands and decide for themselves what they do tomorrow, you know? Well, and embracing freedom is, is a full embrace of self. Good, ill, everything in between. And you are going out of your way to prevent yourself from being a free human by not loving yourself, by not wanting yourself to prosper. You can't claim to want your community to prosper if you don't make that happen for you. And this is that blending of economies, that that kind of like Ayn Randian doctrine of the gospel of selfishness, you know, where, where you're not really a whole person if you're not living for yourself well there's a there's a relative truth there there is and and you really can't effectively do anything for your community if you're not doing everything you can to make yourself a whole person so there is kind of a there's got to be a reckoning with people where hey look man making a living is is kind of the 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 point you know being able to not just survive but you know being able to thrive in in not just your own environment but your community or the ability to travel and go and you know spread some of your love around too you know that's a perfectly good and natural thing that's supposed to happen you can't hate the you can't hate fucking like wanting to provide for your family that's just that's (laughs) that's bad energy right off the bat it is you know because if you hate providing for your family you're more than willing to let any monster do it and and i am i am not i'm not (laughs) damn right man and on that note Steve, thank you so much for joining us, man. Really appreciate you coming on and talking to us. And uh, thanks for breaking my COVID bubble because I really haven't talked about any of this shit in a long time. And I didn't want to, but I needed to release the negativity out of me, you know? <laughs> hey, no problem. Thank you for having me on. And like, you do, you got to get this, you got to get this out. And I do believe that you're right. I believe that, that my gut is right on this. And that there are significantly more people that understand that something is deeply, deeply wrong than there are who think that everything is going the way that it's supposed to. And that despite the 
never ending onslaught of propaganda to keep us from talking to each other that more and more and more people are going you know what no i do have more in common with my neighbor than i do you know tucker carlson or rachel maddow or mm. you know whoever else any politician and so i see uh, a lot of of reasons to be positive to you know wake up and, and embrace everything that's coming at us even though the nature of what we cover is is almost always way too dark right? <laughs> there's there's so self. so much good in out there and so much that we can still do and still get to do and will do regardless of what an authoritarian state tries to tell us anyway and hey like you said it's uncomfortable we got to go through that ordeal. Sometimes that's what it takes to wake people up and shake them loose from the mental cognitive chains that they've placed on themselves. So Steve, you got slow news day. Uh, where can they, where can my audience find you? Uh, you got that new morning show too. That's awesome. I'm stoked on it. I really am. Uh, so I recommend everybody just go to the rock then and, and follow the show there. It'll save you a lot of trouble uh, from trying to follow us on platforms that, that monitor and punish us for our speech. So rockfin.com slash slow news day. Um, slow news day show.com is a website it's under construction right now because we're adding uh, a bunch of new links, including link to a merch store. We're going to be taking pre-orders this Sunday. Um, Let's see. I am also uh, at least once a week on Aftermath.fm and iHeartRadio uh, with our Sunday show, which is 1 p.m. on the East Coast, 10 a.m. on the West Coast. And we'll be hanging out with the editors for Off Guardian this weekend. Um, that's going to be a blast. The uh, morning show has just got a lot of good things going on with it and that is 7 30 a.m on the west coast 10 30 a.m on the east coast till uh it runs 90 minutes ish sometimes a little bit more um fantastic things coming up with the show and i have a brand new podcast that Ooh. uh i will be uh i will be doing the official announcement for here very very soon but uh i'm very excited about it it is going to be the most like pg-13 thing i've ever done i'm trying to make it as accessible as humanly possible um gonna be joined uh frequently by uh just some absolute killers and nice. and we'll have uh hopefully be able to uh nudge a little people you know, nudge people out the door a little bit yeah just trick them with the soft stuff first right <laughs> bg13 come let's you in the door you know all right man thank you so much for being here everybody have a great night thanks for listening to this episode of the deep share podcast if you want to hear more then hit that subscribe button follow me on all the social places and remember think for yourself but don't always believe what you think. Till next time. Human sacrifice, dogs and cats living together, cactus carrier. You know, I get the point. You have meddled with the primal forces of nature. <laughs> and you will atone. What do we know? 
What do we know? If I know what we know, then I can tell you what we know and if someone else knows, okay? Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.